in and out of every day, there might be some thoughts in your life of your relationships, your friendships, the the lack thereof, or the beauty of uh, a close friend that you found, companionship. James Taylor and Carol King sang about it, and you've got a friend. And then the old Toy Story movie, you've got a friend in me. Well, that's what we talk about today. Stick with us. Well, it's January the 5th. It's Wednesday. I'm here with my buddy, Eddie, and we're glad that you've joined us. Eddie, doing okay today? Yep, a little sleepy, trying oh, to get woke up here. Okay, so. I'll get a little more coffee for you. If you need an espresso, yeah. we'll get you all hooked up. But uh, it's it's uh, it's good to be alive. It's good to put boots on the ground, in a sense, and uh, uh, be a part of uh, of the living so that we can continue to further the, the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's good stuff. So... Um, uh, anything new that uh, you want to share uh, with the folks no, out there? No, not right off the top it's of my head. It's a brand new yes. year. Yeah, it's a I brand did. new it's, year. So we look forward to this year. Uh, hopefully we look forward to it with the hope that's within us in Christ that uh, it's going to be a good year and uh, we're going to see a lot of things accomplished for the kingdom. Amen. Well, uh, here at Crossroads, we as we step into this new year, we're looking at uh, different ways that that we can um, turn you towards helping one another, um, helping the youth in the area, um, be a part of servanthood. Uh, I guess I just said that with helping each other, but um, but continuing this furthering on in this great thing called life. Uh, we rub shoulders with one another, um, with uh, with different people uh, every ever every other day, every day actually, and um, how we engage with them is such a a huge deal. And I'm going to just go right into not talking about the weather, not talking about sports, and not doing anything else, but talking about last week's message, which was very poignant and um, and needed. Why we all need a companion, and so. Before Eddie starts to to talk a little bit more about that and we start discussing that, let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this day. I thank you for the podcast. And I just pray that that this year, that that the words that go out of this podcast and and continue to reverberate um, wherever they may find uh, find these words uh, into whatever life, that, Lord, that your word will be true to be heard, that truth will come out, and and uh, you'll be at the forefront of everything. So I just pray that you'd just work in us today as we talk, and um, we just want to bless you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for, for meeting with us today and guiding us, and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, why do we all need a companion, Eddie? Well, because... Uh... I, God, in His DNA, didn't plan for us to be loners. Mm-hmm. That's why He made Eve. Yeah. Um, it is not good, God said, for man to be alone. And I think that has translated down th- through uh, the centuries, the millennia, if you will, to us today. And it's why we need we need other humans. Where that's the way, it's, and God had intended it, like I said, to be that way. I, I like this uh, definition of a companion. A long-lasting friendship involving an effortless connection. 
in which two people understand each other when simply being themselves. And when you find that, you are a fortunate person and you are really blessed if you have more than one. And you really think about that in life. And to me, it would be my wife. Um, Ministry has um, put us together in that sense. And in the position of leadership sometimes, as you pastor a church, uh, there's a lot of things that's on your heart and your soul that you just can't share with anybody else. But you can, your spouse. Yeah, or it has, in, in our case, I, I have a lot of friends and, and some of the companions that I've had, had in the past, you know, they, they're still my friends, but I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say that they were, they were true companions. Maybe one or two that I still see every once in a while. But other than that, um, but you need you need you need those people in your life. So you know, and I, and Solomon gets into that in Ecclesiastes four nine through twelve, and and it makes so much sense. It says the word lonely describes one of the most desolate conditions known to man. And there's a lot of lonely people. <laughs> you know, like I said, you go. Miller's Manor or going into any nursing home, you'll see tons of them. But mm. nonetheless, that that, you know, that there are, and he makes it in, in Ecclesiastes as far as favorite. This is my probably my favorite passage because he is saying two are better than one, and he gives he gives the reasons why. Two people can accomplish more than twice as much as one. They get a better return on their labor. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. The people who are alone, when they fall, are in real trouble. And on a cold night, two under the same blanket can gain warmth from each other. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back to conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. And I don't think the world promotes that. The world promotes stepping on people kind of to get to the top and to use people uh, is part of the problem. Here's three common cries of the lonely. One flows from a heart of blame. It says, in effect, why don't people love me and help me out of my problems? But the the downside of that, to have friends, you have to be friendly. Mm-hmm. A lot of people aren't. They don't reach out, so yeah. then they're all bummed out because they don't have any friends. They've never tried to make yeah. them. Well, I don't want to change my attitude. That's exactly the way right. That I address people. So that you know, other my, people have to change for me. Yep, that's the first one. The second <laughs> common cry would be worded this way: If only others realized how difficult things were, and that's the blame or the lament of self-pity. But you haven't really told anybody about your troubles or anything, or mm-hmm. reaching out or asked for help. So that's and then the third. Wine comes from a martyr complex. Nobody really cares. I am alone in this world, and that is a good way to ruin a relationship. If you do all, if you whine constantly, nobody wants to hear that. You right. know, right. it's it's there's a difference. Then I talked about um, I am a rock, Simon and Garfunkel, and those lyrics. And he says at the very end of that song, and a rock feels no pain, and an island never cries. To keep from being vulnerable, they people lock themselves up in their own life, so to speak. But but they're lonely. But but the problem was they've lost their compassion and in in life and for other people, and uh, they just they just 
it's a it's a miserable place to be. Well, I really you know, you think that you, you think about sometimes um, when people say uh, your heart has been hardened. You know, you think about that a little bit about that ending lyric of that song. Um, Rock feels no pain. Island never dies. Cries. Cries yeah. rather. Yeah. Um, the very fact is is that. If if I start to think about that, I, I think of a of a shell around that individual growing mm-hmm. uh, deeper and and thicker, and that shell being harder to uh, penetrate. Yeah. And that that's been um, sometimes <laughs> sometimes when I when I think of I've responded to my boys a couple times, you know, uh, a few times in in life mm-hmm. where when when they'll say something. Uh, that that I know that they can do, or it's it's directly related to them, I'll say, well, that's a personal problem, and I said that sounds like a personal problem. Well, uh, as much as it is a personal problem, mm-hmm. we also need to not give up on an individual that is in desperate need yeah, of that love from us. Um, and while I'm talking a little bit about that, I, I looked up. These uh, because at the beginning of your sermon, you, you started to say this uh, about uh, the Lone Ranger and Tonto. Yeah. Okay. Do you remember the Jeff Moore in the Distance song, "A Friend Like You"? Do you remember it? Uh-uh, it's, it I was know. like it's uh, Jeff Moore in the Distance is a is a Christian group back in the late '80s, early '90s, and this is what it says. This is verse one of his song. The Lone Ranger and Tonto, Laurel and Hardy, Batman and Robin, it was Snoopy and Charlie, friends through thick and thin, friends to the very end. I think you would agree that's how it is for you and me. Goes into the chorus. I want you to know I need you. I want you to know it's true. That there's no way I could have made it without you. It's so good to know that I've got a friend like you. Yeah pretty good stuff yeah that is good stuff yeah it's a, it's a neat it's a neat song and and uh uh the way that it, it the the lyrics go and of course the different things but it, it talks a little bit about that that's why they put that on the album it talks about that companionship yeah yeah and you know he uh, Solomon mentions uh three reasons that friends are a necessity in our lives companions one was a statement of fact he conveys the truth about reality in these words two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor and then secondly reason, reason, reasons two are better than one and then there's three assets to that one it provides encouragement when the other is weak Cause, and that is, that is so true to that woe to the one who falls when there is not another to lift him up and the team, Hebrew term woe means horrors, peril or danger that Sometimes we get in that situation and we need a positive voice in our life or one that will tell us the truth or one that looks at reality. You know, uh, sometimes people have a tendency to uh, not look at reality for what it really is, and that's what a companion would do. Because sometimes we get upset or whatever and we can't think straight, and they, they help us do that. Second aspect, one gives support when the other is vulnerable. If two lie down together, they keep warm, says Solomon, but how can one be warm alone? You know, it also includes comforting and supporting a person who is in an unguarded state. 
one who is confronted in a situation that is threatening to them. And look at the situations that we have in life, whether it's going through a breakup of a relationship or even a, uh, marital problems or problems with a child or uh, getting ready to change job. And the, there's a lot of anxiousness to the first day at work or kids changing schools. They, they need somebody to come along beside them, help coach them, encourage them through that. The last asset was one supplies protection when the other is attacked. You know, and that's in a lot of different ways. Even a physical attack, two are better than one. Or if somebody attacks your character or gossips about you, they can stick up for you. Mm -hmm. And the whole point, too, I made there was uh, kids in school. Man, followers of Christ, Christian kids really need each other in school. They mm -hmm. need to band together because they got one common purpose. Yeah. They can really be a, an asset to each other as well. And then that third reason uh, why friends and companions are a necessity in our lives, Solomon reiterates it again, two are one, but then three are better. Three people are better than two right. to bring on the onslaught, onslaught of life, and that's why we need so And I say that constantly, that church, we really need each other. I don't think we're aware of that as much as we should be. And then three lasting principles about companionship. Principle one, companions calm the troubled water of our souls. They, they accept us for who we are, and if we're in a rant and throw in a fifth, they just let us get us out of our system and move on. Principle two, companions build bridges of hope and reassurance when we are vulnerable, exposed, and self-conscious. And then three, principle three, companions take our part when others try to take us apart. They stick up for us. They come along beside us. Then I mentioned bridge over troubled waters, and it's kind of like that song you mentioned. And in Proverbs 18:24, the one who is un, there are friends who destroy each other, but a real friend sticks closer than a brother. And then it, it alludes to Christ. He is, <laughs> he is our friend that sticks closest to a brother. But boy, I'd hate to be in life completely alone. And that's, and I think you know, uh, the church. Is we're full of the church is uh, full of messed up people that need God and each other to get through life. That's that's how uh, the whole concept of iron sharpening iron is that yeah. we speak into each other's lives, and not not all people do well with that. Right. You try to help somebody and they get a little stiff necked on you and get all tensed up that you're trying to be uh, convicting of them or can criticize but you know there's a good thing about constructive criticism because not all criticism is wrong sometimes it's good for us well let's talk just a little bit about that what are the things that derail or um, block that friendship from happening I think we can say pride mm -hmm. has an issue of blocking that friendship from going on because it when we when we humble ourselves and we recognize that we we're not perfect and and that person is not going to if we if we know and if we've gained trust in that individual and as we test the waters you know because that's a part of relationship you know we we test the trust and trust factor of that yeah. um that that pride issue is one of those areas that can be a blocker and so we need to continue to turn that pride over to god and just ask him father we and it goes along the lines with our relationship with Jesus. And another thing is a control. 
Yes. A lot of people will have relationships that they can control the other person. Yes. Or put conditions on them. Yep. That's immediate blocker. Yeah, I mean, uh, you can't get too far, you know, with, um, with, with, with a, with a, a continued relationship that's worth it with, with a controlling factor. That's for sure. That is. That's rough. You know, think about you know. It's like I said uh, in the beginning of that message Sunday is. One thing about it, when you preach through a book, you are challenged to preach on some things you probably would skip to a degree. So it's it's amazing how Solomon has, has went from loneliness, especially loneliness in leadership, and then loneliness uh, to, to individuals, to now, in, in chapter 5, he goes right into uh, verses, uh, Song of Solomon, on sk- chapter 5, and then starting with verse 1, he talks about the importance of fearing God, and the title of the message is How to Truly Worship. On a scale of 1 to 10, how would you rate your personal worship of our great God? You know, uh, If God knows our hearts, He knows where you and I, each one of us, lies on the worship scale. How much adoration and praise that you give Him. He go, Solomon starts out in chapter 5, As you enter the house of God, keep your ears open and your mouth shut. <laughs> don't be a fool who doesn't realize that mindless offerings to God are evil. And don't make such rash promises to God, for He is in heaven, and you're only here on earth, so let your words be few. Just as being too busy gives you nightmares, being a fool makes you a blabbermouth. So when you make a promise to God, don't delay in following through, for God takes no pleasure in fools. Keep all the promises you make to Him. It is better to say nothing than to promise something that you don't follow through on. In such cases, your mouth is making you sin, and don't defend yourself by telling the temple messenger that the promise you made was a mistake. That would make God angry, and he might wipe out everything you have achieved. Dreaming all the time instead of working is foolishness, and there is a ruin in the flood of empty words. Fear God instead. So we need to mean what we say to God. Mm-hmm. You know, the Word of God is, is hope for our times. It's the hope that we, we need desperately in our lives. What God's Word does, first, the Bible pierces, it cuts through the excuses we give. I thought that that's, I, I like that concept. The, rational, the rationalizations we manufacture and the, and the barriers we raise, and it's, mm. the, it's like Swindoll said that I say a lot, an excuse is a lie wrapped in the skin of reason. We're, we're <laughs> the second activity God's words perform is judgment. The Bible exposes the truth about even our innermost thoughts and motivates and motivations. It leaves nothing in our lives untouched. It covers everything. Why God's word works? First reason is is universal in scope. Second reason is that it is limited and ex- it's limitless in its exposure. It talks about everything being laid bare, and it talks and in the worship of God, truth for our, our minds is the second point. Guard your steps as you go to the house of God. And in Ecclesiastes chapter 5, he gives us four commands. Each is designed to guide and encourage us in our worship of the sovereign king. One, draw near and listen well because God has 
communicating. It's the fact that when we come to worship, we need to we need to listen because God is. I think He says something to everybody every week mm-hmm. in worship. I, I I do believe that. And secondly, be quiet and stay calm because God hears the audible and sees the invisible, or hears the inaudible. He knows what we're thinking. That is the point. It's it's all too easy for us to let our minds wander from one scene to another when we're in worship and not stay focused. You know, whether you're thinking about what you're having for lunch or what you're going to do that afternoon. Worship is the believer's response of all that he is, mind, emotions, will, and body to all that God is and says and does. I, I like that. Third command, make a commitment, keep it because God accepts it and doesn't forget it. That's right. He doesn't forget it. He That's remembers right. everything, every promise that we've made. And then fourthly, don't decide now and deny later because God doesn't ignore decisions. And then the last point is the warning of God's strength for our lives. Solomon wraps up his instruction concerning worship with a solemn warning. Fear God. We are to take God seriously. I I like this. David Allen Hubbard says this, and I quote, Better to bribe a judge than to ply God with hollow words. Better to slap a policeman than to seek God's influence by meaningless gestures. Better to perjure yourself in court than to harry God with promises you cannot keep. The full adorations of our spirit, the true obedience of our heart, these are his demands and his delights. End of quote. You know, and the the thing is that worship's not to be taken lightly. And then I'm gonna, I'm gonna I am gonna close with John four nineteen through twenty four, when Jesus is with the lady at the well of Samaria. Here. He affirms five central themes: true worship is not tied to a particular place. True worship it must be intelligent. It must be spiritual. It must be directed to God. And the last point is God seeks true worshipers. So that's where we're going with that, and that's the point is for us to really focus on when we come to worship especially as a body uh, to follow these but also to make times in our lives for daily worship right and i think that that's that is in a direct effect of what happens when we do come in on a sunday morning of course we we've taught that all the time since we've talked about worship and anytime we talk about worship it is it is our our uh, personal worship throughout the week um, you know in different aspects of our life through gratitude through through nature through understanding that that God is is over and, and above all things and is is working in our lives the spirit is there all of these areas of worship as we come in on a Sunday morning for just an hour then that is a a, a an opening of where the Holy Spirit is as he's led uh, you or I, whoever is speaking, to bring the word and to bring a, a, you know songs through the lyrics and things of this that will that will prepare where God and the Holy Spirit has prepared our hearts to receive, mm-hmm. as you've said, each individual, where he's working on something in our lives where we can further on. Um, and, and that worship is is not always... I want to say it this way too. I think sometimes when we come into worship and 
uh, well, uh, I didn't, I didn't enjoy the worship, meaning music or the, uh, this morning. Well, is it a part of the way that you came in with an attitude? <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, that's, um, that's true. I didn't enjoy, uh, the message today. Well, is it a part of your attitude? Did you, your, are your toes hurt? You know, yeah. did you, you know, what is it that you're referring? So yes, through the week, it is about our worship. It yeah. is about our attitude before God. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly right. So good stuff. Well, Pastor, it's good, and I, I tell you, when we when we're working through this, and I, I commend you for working through the book of Ecclesiastes. Uh, it's it's good. It's it's bringing us to light, bringing these these old words of wisdom to light, and in our lives today. Father, we love you, and. Uh, Going back to last week, Lord, I, I hope we have a companion. We have you as our Lord and Savior, but you are a friend that sticks closer than a brother. But we need other humans. The body of Christ needs each other. And I pray, God, that for uh, all of us that we have that someone. It can be our spouse. Uh, and But I, I would really... Uh, encourage people to find that that other person uh, you know i know uh, women like to do things together in the same way with guys that you need that that it's it's good to talk to somebody of your own sex that understand that uh it even though we try <laughs> try to get women to understand men and vice versa it don't work all the time and you need that other person especially you know, in, in our lives, at their innermost thoughts and whatever, to find that person that you can trust, that that relationship is effortless, that we can be ourselves with each other, and each other's okay with that. So that's my prayer for us today, for that. And Lord, as we think about Sunday and uh, worship, that uh, God seeks worshipers, not just in one place, but uh, throughout the whole world, and we can worship you wherever we're at. So I just pray, God, that we are worshipers and on a scale of one to ten that we would score high today mm. so we just ask uh, that you be uh, with us god and uh, i know you are and we just pray for the rest of this week lord and i just pray blessing on all these folks we ask these things in your name amen amen well uh i'll give you a little bit of a uh, a little taste of that uh, jeff moore in the distance uh, song and get it going here and kind of a little It's a fun little song uh, that they put on their album, and uh, you know, friendship with uh, with the Father, with Jesus, is so important, as Eddie has just said. Uh, continue to work on your relationships that God has uh, allowed in your life, and continue to uh, look to the Holy Spirit to guide you, even with your own personality and attitude. Amen. It's good stuff. Well, until next week, we just want to say thank you, Happy New Year, and here we go to the rest of the year. God bless. Bye-bye.